Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Hey, um, we're going to jump right into the message. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Um, Before we go any further, I want to just give uh, a a greeting and a hello to a very special um, person in the house today. Pastor Lamores Crawford is here. He's one of our overseeing pastors. He's one of my best friends. He just showed up. I asked him to preach, and he said, no, I'm offended. I'll get over it. But he's here. Can we welcome Pastor Lamores and just say thank you for all that he does? You guys... You guys don't know the countless phone calls I call him and tell him, um, I'm quitting, I'm leaving the ministry, and uh, he tells me time and time again, stay. He believes in this house and believes in this work. Him and his wife, Megan, are, are just incredible people, so they're here this morning. Matthew chapter 26, if you've been with us over the last um, two weeks, we've been in a series entitled Final Moments, and we want to talk about the final moments, the final hours, the last week if I can, leading up to the point where Jesus goes to the cross and then into Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, which is right around the corner. As we were reflecting as a team, I wanted to just say, uh, as we were talking, it, it struck me that a lot of these stories that we read in the gospel accounts of Jesus and the things that he did, was it Palm Sunday, whether it be the, the Last Supper, what we're going to talk today, the Garden of Gethsemane, these moments, these things sometimes just go in, in the ear and out the other. They, they don't necessarily stick to me because I've been around it. I've heard them. And I really wanted to challenge us as a body to actually just let the Holy Spirit speak to us that these moments that Jesus was a part of here in these final moments have deep significance. They matter. And they're much more than just a story. They're the accounts of what allow us to be a part of his family and allow us to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to read the account of the garden. And today's call for us, even though I said I want to look at Jesus's life, today's call for us is as people, as followers of Jesus, is to say yes to a deeper surrender. How many of you know, whether you've served Jesus 30 years or three minutes, there's always more for us to surrender. There's always more for us to go deeper with the Father. I learn things new every single day, every moment. This is why I've kind of been harping, and I say it in love, that this thing of faith, this walk with Jesus should never become stale. There's dry seasons, yes, but you don't stay there. You keep growing because there is a call for us as people to go deeper with the Father. Amen? So Matthew chapter 26, verses 36. It's going to be up on the screen, too, if you don't have your Bibles. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Sit, sit here while I go over there and, and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, those, those three, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. I don't even have the the emotional capacity to declare how probably Jesus was actually saying that. My father, if it is possible, may you take this cup 
May this cup be taken from me. And then he right away turns. Yet. Everyone say yet. Not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. (laughs) These poor dudes. His brothers. (laughs) Couldn't you men just keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. He's always going straight at Peter all the time. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Come on. How many of you know that's the case for a lot of us? Our spirits say, yes, Jesus, I'll do it. I'll do it. But, but, but uh, the, the, the flesh is really weak in carrying it out. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Their eyes were heavy. Jesus is about to die, and their eyes are heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. A deeper surrender. Father, right now, in just a few moments that we have together, I just pray that the word that has been written to us, it would come alive in a greater measure. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in us each and every one of us, there would be surrender in this house. There would be surrender in our hearts. Deeper surrender for some, complete surrender, true surrender to the salvation in Jesus for for others. So we bless you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. A deeper surrender. Most of you won't know this about me, but I'm going to share something about myself that is a little bit... um, it's a little bit nasty when I get into this. So just hold on. Don't, don't, don't lose your mind yet. Um, I was told at a young age that I have um, small ear canals. Didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I, I was actually told that I have small pathways to, into my ear and into my eardrum. And, 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 and I remember as a high school kid, I went into my, my parents' um, bedroom one time, and I couldn't literally hear out of my eardrum. And I was like, what is going on? I can't hear. I can't hear. My mom and dad said, go rub some dirt on it. You'll be fine. We'll figure it out later. And I said, days later, I, I literally can't hear. Like, I can't hear what's going on. It sounds like everything's echoing and everything's like really, really like magnified. And so they took me to the doctor. The doctor looked into my ear and said, oh, man, your, your ear canal is super small. I said, thank you. Like, and he said, but not only that, because your ear canal is so small, you actually, this is the best part. Hope you're okay with this. Welcome to my life. Um, you actually have a whole bunch of earwax in there. I said, what does that mean? They said, you can't hear. I said, well, I shove Q-tips in my ear. They said, never shove Q-tips in your ear. It's so blocked up in your ear that you literally can't hear. Um, the, the reality of this is I'm thinking about this. It's actually happening to my ears right now. We were, Rachel and I were yesterday in the car. I said, we have to go to Walgreens. We have to get some, some stuff to drop in there because I literally, my ear sounds like everything's ringing right now. It's awesome. If I'm yelling, bless you all. So, so what the doctor does is they take me in and they got a, they got this big old water bottle of solution with this little thing on the, all the doctors, medical people are looking at me like, yeah. And they literally put it in my ear and they start flushing that thing. Like, like that's what sounds like in the middle of my head. Like I'm like pain gripping the table. So I'm like, oh, you're done. Nope. We got to go deeper. I said, deeper. How much more work do you have to actually do to get this stuff out? They said, we actually have to go in deeper. Are you guys okay? Anybody getting a little queasy, like leaving, like I'm out. And what they do then is they take this little thing. I don't even know what those things are called. It's sterile. It's unwrapped. It's metal. And, and they begin to go in my ear. 
it literally feels like they're touching my brain. Like to the point where I'm like, guys, you gotta stop. And they're like, no, Jay, we have to go deeper. We gotta go deeper. We gotta go deeper. We gotta get this stuff out of there so you can hear. And sure enough, final moment, they, they, and out it comes. And I'm like, oh, victorious. I can hear. I've been delivered. Thank you, Jesus. I call my wife on the, on the phone. I say, I can finally hear you. I have no more excuses. When I say, babe, I can't hear you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I finally have been able to hear. They had to go deeper in order for me. If they would have just left it at the water part, I wouldn't have been able to hear. Now, I know that's a nasty story. Thank you for that this morning, Pastor. You're welcome. You're welcome. There's something to be said about that. If they would have just stopped right at the point of looking in my ear and said like, hey, hey, you got some earwax, go figure it out, I wouldn't have been able to hear. They had to go deeper, and as they went deeper, and as they went deeper, and as they helped me, I was then able to hear. In this moment of the garden, Jesus is there right before he goes to the cross. This is the moments right before Judas, the disciple, the one that betrays him, the one that sells him out, sells him out, and they show up to the garden, they arrest him. This is all happening right before these moments. And in the moment in the face of death, Jesus, our example, our Savior, our King and our Lord, he shows us something. Deep surrender to his Father's voice. Deep surrender to the will of the Father. Can I say it this way? Submitting to the Father's will. Even Greater. Now, now I know submitting is a curse word today. <laughs> no, Do, no, like, let's be honest. No one in this generation, in this culture, in this moment, like no one's telling me what to do. No one's telling me how to live. No one's, I'm my own person. I'll figure it out. Like, come on guys, let's be honest, right? Like no one likes to hear the word submitting. I'm okay. Just your pastor. Bless me. Pray for me, please. Like no one likes this, but Jesus is the example of, at the point of death. And he's saying, I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to go deeper into my father's plans so that I can save mankind. It's a powerful moment here that Jesus literally shows us what it means to go deeper with the father. See, he understood something that in him going deeper, him dying, that he would actually be raised to life and he would actually do what the father told him to do. And in doing what the father told him to do, he would be able to invite every single person that would call upon the name of Jesus. They would be saved and they would be able to die, but be raised to life with him and be seated with him in the heavenly places and be able to do. Jesus understood this, that when you die, you actually live. When you submit, you actually are full with life, filled with life. Like A.W. Tozer says it best, he says, the heart that learns to die with Christ soon knows the blessed experience of rising with him. The heart that understands the, the, the deeper surrender of dying with Christ day in and day out actually understands the blessed experiences of raising with him. Come on, how many of you know, I've said it a bunch this series, I'm gonna keep saying it. As you come to Jesus, what are you called to do? Die. <laughs> Welcome to the 11.30 service, 11 o'clock service. It's 11.30, 11.00. I don't even know what time our services start. Praise God. We die, but that we can be raised to life again. And Jesus is our mighty example. And he shows us in this moment, right after the dinner, right after explaining, hey guys, I'm gonna be the one that goes. This is gonna be my blood and my body. It's gonna be broken and beaten, bruised for you. It's gonna be, the blood's gonna be poured out for you. He just has this moment. And now he goes to this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. In a moment where, if we're being honest, most of us would have run. Most of us wouldn't have went to the garden to pray. 
Most of us wouldn't want to submit our wills to the Father, right? Like most of us would have just said, no, I, don't, I think this is going to be really, really hard. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me as I follow my Father, this is what the cost is. To go deeper, to go deeper, to go deeper. And so Jesus shows us a couple things here that I just want to teach, and then we're going to worship, and we're going to pray, and you guys can all go to brunch and have a great day. Is that all right? So we'll stay to one. Is that cool? One o'clock? Everyone's canceling their 1230 brunch plan. Jesus shows us a couple things here, which is the call for us. Yes, we're looking at the life of Jesus, but we need to take this. At the face of death, at the moment of death, Jesus willingly prepares for the cross. He willingly prepares for the cross. It says that Jesus showed up and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Sit here while I go pray. I, I, I would say, I would venture to say that Jesus understood that the best preparation, the best thing that he could have prepared with was prayer. Now, this is a church that has been rooted and founded on the power of prayer. But I, but I do believe that, that there is a call today more than ever for us to be people that go deeper with the Father in prayer. And Jesus says that in the face of death, at the face of the cross, at the face of taking all the sins of mankind upon him, he says something profound. He says, I'm going to go pray. Right? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm not praying in that moment. I'm saying to the disciples, the 12, go get some swords, go get some shields, go get some homies, get the brothers, get everybody you can find. I'm not getting arrested tonight. The reality is, is Jesus did nothing wrong to be arrested. Hello? Like he's the most innocent man that ever walked the face of the planet and he was about to get arrested, beaten, crown of thorns and crucified. And Jesus says this, I'm going to go pray. Why? Because in the face of the worst moment of his life, he wanted to hear his father's voice. And so it called him to go deeper. It called him to press in a little bit more. It called him to go a little bit farther. See, we got to catch this because Jesus wasn't naive to what was about to happen. And what, what we got to make sure we catch is that some of us say, well, he was God. He could handle this thing. Anybody ever thought that? Like he's God. He, he can do this. He, this is what he was called to do is die. But we forget our theology, right? The word tells us that he was not only fully God, but he was fully man. And when he says fully man, fully human, he's like us. You with me, church? He's like us. We're humans that have emotions and have plans and, and have all these things that we want to do and we want to accomplish and, and the feelings and all those things. We, we are human just like Jesus was human. And Jesus shows us that at the face of death, the best thing at the face of discomfort, the best thing, at the face of not wanting to do it, the best thing you can do is get to the Father. And not just get to the Father and pray, but say, Father, you called me to be a missionary. I don't want to lose my family over this, but if it's your word, I'll do it. If you've said it to me, I'll do it. And so Jesus, in this moment, the method that he chooses to prepare is prayer. Anybody an overpacker? My hands up. When I go on trips, two-day trips, I fly, like come back, like I have three suitcases. People are looking at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a true story. Like I'm trying to break it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be like, like those guys that can pack like three things in like a little bit. <laughs> like I, I, I can't. You know why? I just don't know what to expect. 
Like, I don't know, Chris. Like, if, if, if I'm going to be at a black tie event, just get a random phone call in the random middle of nowhere of Ohio or wherever, like I'm at, and they're like, hey, you're invited to a, I'm, I got my suit. I got my tux. I got my, like, I don't know if I'm going to go skiing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, in the middle, in the middle of Indiana, I don't know if I'm going to go skiing. Like, they might call me and say, you need your ski stuff. I got my ski stuff. Like, I'm an overpacker. I prepare for anything. <laughs> like, anytime I travel, I'm like, Rach, like, we got to take this, this, and this, because you don't know what happened. She says, babe, you better unpack that suitcase. You better take all those things out of there and figure it out. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> like, we prepare for stuff all the time. We, we, we think that the way that we prepare uh, for certain things, like, we, we think those, those are the best ways. And Jesus shows us that the best way to be prepared and to go deeper in the Father's will for our lives is to Pray. I was in the car yesterday. Rachel and I were coming back from Rachel's grandma's. Uh, my mother-in-law's here in the house. Her, 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 her mother turned 90 yesterday. I said to Rach, you got good genes. <laughs> I'm going before you. You got good genes. <laughs> That's a joke. It's morbid. I know, whatever. Like, <laughs> nobody else got that. They're like, what do you mean going before you? <laughs> we were in the car, and we were listening to music, and we don't have much time in the car together these days. And we used to drive an hour um, to come up for ministry when we were first married and we'd be in the car talking. We'd listen to music and talk. And so a song came on. I'm not trying to say anything bad about this song or talk about it. I'm not even going to. But a song came on and these lyrics were all just like, we were listening to it like laughing. Like, what is this? Music's changed. Like, music's changed. Like, it's, it's funny how some of this, I'm like, is this music? Like, what is this? Anyways, um, funnier in my head than out there. Praise the Lord. Um, and I was talking to her because the line of this song was saying all these things that this person does and, and, and has decided to do, and then they say the line, well, I still talk to Jesus. And I was like, that's an interesting line. I, I still talk to Jesus. And Rachel, who should preach a lot more than she does or has, like, she's a preacher. I mean, I, I know that about my wife. She preaches at me every day. <laughs> she looks across the, the little council. I don't even know why I'm giving you these details. No, it doesn't matter. And she looks, she said, Judas talked to Jesus. I said, I'm going to pull this car over. <laughs> she said, the Pharisees talked to Jesus. People talk to Jesus all the time and they call it prayer. I said, yeah. See, Jesus didn't just go and talk to the father. And a lot of us come in and we say, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to do whatever the Father's called me to do. I'm, do. I'm prepared to do his will. I've prayed about it. And the reality is you've just told God what you're doing. I've told God what I'm doing. And a lot of people will say, I prayed and I, and I know instead of going, hey, Father, I, I don't know what you're up to. I, this is going to be really hard with what you called me to, but I want to listen to what you're telling me to do. Jesus went in the darkest hours of his life and he didn't just say, Father, I don't want to do this and left. He said, I don't want to do this, but you know what? If you're calling me to do it because I've heard your voice and I know your voice, the sheep know the Father's voice. I know what you're saying to me. I'm going to do it. Some of us got to get to this place today that your prayer life needs to switch. Your, your prayer life is not, I just talk to Jesus all day long. Do you? How's that working? What is he saying to you if you're talking all day long to him? <laughs> no. This is me. Okay. I, I, I said to Rach, I, I prayed about it. I talked to God. She said, well, what did he say? <laughs> well, no, I just know him. She said, no, you better go back in your prayer closet and you better close the door and you better start praying and then shut your mouth and listen. I said, yes, ma'am, again. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this okay? 
Jesus, in the moment of death, he prepares willingly to go to the cross by praying. And yes, he has very honest, raw emotions, and he toils with the Father, and he wrestles with the Father. He says, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. Human, I don't want to lose my life. But you know what? If you've told me to, Father, lose my life for the sake of mankind, I'm going to do it. Hey, you know what, God? I don't want to love my neighbor. <laughs> I don't want to give the way you've called me to give. I don't want to do that. That's okay to say that. But make sure you listen to what he says back. Because just like Jesus did, it's a call for us to do the same. This is all throughout scriptures, right? Jacob wrestling with God. Moses hearing and wrestling with God. Uh, uh, David throughout the Psalms. Anybody read the Psalms and thinks David's nuts? I love you, God. You're the great, awesome, amazing God. You're incredible. You're awesome. Where are you? I don't know you. You know, you've left me. You've abandoned me. I read David and I'm like, oh man, this brother understands what it means to toil with the father in prayer. But you know what? He doesn't stay there. He always finishes with, but you're God. I'm not. This is paraphrased. You're in charge. I'm not. I'm not. And some of us are here today in this moment thinking we're still in charge. And we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to do the things that Jesus has called us to do. And we're going to do great things for the kingdom. You know what I appreciate and value about Tony? Not to put him on, uh, 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 lift him up, but he's an incredible man. I got him and Megan. You know what I love about him? Is that he said, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to give up my family and the, the comfort and the, the I didn't want to do that. But God told me to. And he prepared. And he listened just like Jesus all the way to the cross. That no matter how difficult, no matter how pain-filled it would be, no matter what would be coming his way, he didn't allow for anything else to dictate where he was going except the Father's voice over his life. So he prepares willfully, willingly. And the last thing that he does, that he shows me this, this thing that really is important for us to catch today. In this moment, in this garden, in this dark hour, Jesus stays on mission. Anybody thankful that Jesus stayed on mission? I am so thankful that he didn't back out at the last moment. <laughs> like, this is like the best news for me because I was lost and I was broken and I was messed up and I couldn't fix myself, but I'm thankful for Jesus that went all the way and stayed on mission. It says that in the scriptures there in verse 39, it says, going a little farther, I read that and it jumped out to me that, that Jesus understood that in order to stay on mission, it was going to require him to go deeper, a deeper surrender, a little bit farther, a little bit more, a little bit pressing in. He wasn't just going to stay back where all the rest of the crowd was, his disciples were. He was going to go forward. Yeah, it was an invitation for them and we'll get there, but he knew that he had to go farther. He had to go deeper. He had to go deeper in order to live out this mission that he was called to do. And we sit there and think, man, I got, I got knocked off of course. I, I don't feel like I'm living on mission. Well, are you praying and are you surrendering? Because Jesus did it. It says he went a little farther. He went a little farther and he knew that he was called. He knew that this was his purpose. He knew it. But he still stayed on mission instead of giving up and giving in and avoiding the pain. Instead of doing all of that, he stayed on mission. You know what Jesus didn't allow for it to happen? His emotions to speak to him. His own disciples to speak to him. His disciples said, oh, surely you will not go. We're not going to let you do this. And he tells Peter, what? Get behind me. But like his own followers were trying to say to him, no, 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 you don't have to lead. No, 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 no. And Jesus said, no, no, no. 
I'm going to submit my life to my father, and in submitting it, I'm going to stay on mission. Church, can we be honest that some of you have gotten knocked off course because your emotions are speaking louder than the father? Okay, I know. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you. And you guys feel my love today? I love you. But emotions got to stop driving us. I'm just an emotional person. I'm just emotional. I, get, I just get emotional. I get mad. I get emotional. No, you just haven't submitted that to the Father. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I don't want to talk about you guys. Let me talk about me. <laughs> um, I could go from zero to 100 in seconds. Like before this, I wasn't saved. I could curse someone out with every which way word. Like I could make up verbiages and sentences and all that. I was mean, fighting, bickering. Like, hello, this is your pastor by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I came into this thing getting saved and I was like, well, well, I'm just, I'm Italian. I'm loud. Just how we are. What does that mean? No, Jay, you're, you're a kid of the king. So why don't you get your emotions in check and receive the spirit of God and the fruit of the spirit? Kindness, patience. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> Gentleness. Some of us are being controlled by our emotions today. Jesus is our example that says all the way to death. Some of us are being controlled by the fact that we lost a relationship that was three weeks three weeks long. We're losing our minds. Even though you should thank God that he took you out of that relationship that was like three weeks, maybe three months long because it was the best thing that God could have ever done for you. Anyways, that's another story, another sermon on relationships soon. But Jesus didn't avoid pain. He didn't avoid losing his life for the sake of holding on to it. He stayed on mission. He stayed determined. He kept with the mission you know what, I, I, I've come to know that the truest sign of a believer that's maturing in Christ, I have a lot of them. I have I've many people that I look to and I, and I watch their lives. You know what I, I've come to realize is that the people that are actually growing in this thing and maturing in this thing are the ones that would rather live a life that released their lives to Jesus than live in comfort. Somehow along this journey of faith and this westernized culture, we've, we've made the gospel say you should have comfort. You should be all nice and comforted. And hey, listen, the Holy Spirit's a comforter, right? I've said this, I've, I've declared this, we believe that. But somehow along the way, this journey, we say like, you get saved and by Jesus, you should have everything. <laughs> I don't see that, Pastor, am I? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that. But what I've realized is that people that are actually following Jesus, they give up the comfort. They give up their plans. They give up their agendas. They give up their stuff. Jesus, if, if, if being human, right? I have to think that he was like, I, I, I don't want to do this yet. I have some other stuff. I have some more people to heal. I have some more people to deliver. I, I can feed some more. 5,000, there's, there's 10,000. I'll feed them. God, whatever you want me to do. No, 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 no. Jesus says, no, 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 Father. If this cup, if you can take this thing from me, take it. But yet, it's your will in my life. And what we catch is we think this cup idea, this cup of wrath and worship team, come on up. This cup, it's like an interesting verbiage that he's saying, if you could take this cup, this cup. What he's talking about is the cup of wrath. Old Testament talks about this, the cup of wrath, that, that, that God's wrath, which has been poured out, would pour out, that Jesus would take that cup of wrath and he would drink it and take it upon himself. Now you gotta catch this, that because of that moment, 
Because of Jesus getting to the cross, well, we'll get there. But because of him declaring, not my will, I'm gonna stay on mission. I'm gonna see this thing through. I'm gonna go to the cross for mankind. I'm gonna see people and see them, look them in the eyes and do it for them. I'm gonna drink this cup. What he was saying is, is that every sin, past, present, and future, every piece of guilt, past, present, and future, he took it upon himself for you and for me. He drank it so that you didn't. The best thing about following Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus and doing this thing committed to him is that I know something, that I have been declared free. I've been declared free. Do I mess up? Yes. Do I get back to the throne of grace and mercy, receive it? Yes. But guess what? I have been declared free. So when the world starts chirping, when my past starts chirping, when friends of old start chirping, when the things that I used to do start coming up and rising up, I go, no, 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 that cup has been taken upon Jesus because I've said yes to the blood and to the resurrection power in my life. I'm not dead. And there's no more wrath for me. There's only grace and mercy for me. This is the, my heart's pumping. It's probably the three coffees I just chugged. Because in that garden, Jesus submitted his will to the Father. You know what Jesus did? What Adam couldn't do in the Garden of Eden. Jesus was called the new Adam. He did what Adam couldn't do in the Garden, which was submit. We all want to get back to the Garden. We sing songs, take me back to the... I don't know. I'll sing it later. You know, I, I, I want to just be with Jesus. I want to get to Jesus. I want to be in the presence of Jesus. Because what Jesus did, Adam couldn't do. And what he did for us is how we're able to live, breathe, and move, and have our being. In that garden, Jesus didn't stop. He went all the way. And church, this is the best news for us. Yes, we're getting to resurrection. Yes, we're getting to there. But this moment for Jesus was impactful. It changed the, the trajectory of everything. If Jesus would have stopped, I don't know, but he didn't. And I think that when he was sitting in the garden, he's on his face, and it says that he was praying so hard that blood came down from his forehead. I, I read articles that can actually happen to the point that you're so like tormented and confused that, that blood started sweating from his forehead. And all the time, I think Jesus is on his hands and knees, sweating blood, praying. You know who he has in mind? You. You. Me. Saying, not my will, but yours, so that people could be saved. Not my will. We're called to be people that live on mission. We're called to be people that live this thing out. The followers, the fans, let me say it this way the fans of Jesus, I think, like I said last week, Jesus is just sorting people out. He's saying, this is a time for you to really follow me and do this and be a disciple of me. Because if 2020 shows us anything is that we can get off a mission real quick, real fast. Bad things start to happening, where's God? And I'm not downplaying the fact of turmoil and hardship. That stuff's real. But Jesus was going to death. And he said, I still trust my father. And what's great about this is that in this moment, Jesus invites his disciples to come with him. Did they? No. But he still invited them. He said, come, come with me. Just pray. Stay up. Stay awake. Stay alert. Just come on. Experience what I'm experiencing. Because I know something to be certain in my life. 
And this is why I kind of like, I'm like, oh, come on, just catch it. I wish I could shake some people sometimes. I won't shake any of you, I promise you. Because I'm like, just get it. And some people shake me and go, Jake, get it. (laughs) Because when you're submitted to the Father, when you're in those moments of submission and you just know how much the Father cares for you, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Popularity, fame, fortune, dreams, what you want, nothing matters except just being with the Father. And so Jesus is saying, come on, guys, just stay up, pray, watch, pray, watch, pray. But the call is still the same for us today. Do you want to submit your lives deeper to Jesus? Even this year, a new year, a new start to all this stuff that we experienced, like, a brand, like things seem to be opening back up and getting back to normal. We're not going back to normal, so I don't know why we keep saying normal. But do you want to submit Lose your life and live. Because Jesus shows us the power of it. That he was able to carry out the cross for us. And the invitation today is saying, yes, I want to submit. I want to go deeper. That might cost you some friendships. Shoot, it probably will. And it should. (laughs) It might cost you some plans. It might cost you some, some dreams. But I have a feeling, I, I know this to be true, that his plans and his ways are better than anything you could dream of. Anything. So with every head bowed and every eye closed right now in this room, we didn't do this first service, but I sense this right now. Like Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Today is a call to follow. To go deeper. Some of you, you've never made this decision to follow Jesus. You've heard about it, you've, but you've been running. And the love of God is here in this room right now. And he wants to set you free. He wants to bring you into the family. Some of you have been wandering. Some of you have been falling asleep. He's calling you back today. So today you want to say yes to Jesus and you want to surrender deeper to the Father. You want to say yes to just the first time surrendering and giving your life to King Jesus, no longer in control, no longer doing your plan, but saying yes to the blood of Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins and saying yes to his grace and mercy. Right now, on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. One, he loves you. Two, he died for you and wants to forgive you of your sins. Three, he raised to life. Slip your hand up right now. Slip it up high, high. I see him, I see him. Slip it up high, slip it up high. Come on, it's an act of faith. Amen, amen. I see it, I see it. I see it in the back. Yep, 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 yep. Anybody else? Anybody else? Amen. 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 Can we just pray this together, church, together as one body with these people that lifted your hands up? This is just a prayer of faith. Confession. Father, I receive you today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood and for your body on that cross. Thank you for raising again three days later. Thank you for forgiving my sins and washing me clean. I am yours and you are mine. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to hear from you all the days of my life. I receive your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name.